Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Kathy Zhu, co-founder and CEO of Streamline AI to the show. Kathy, welcome. Thank you so much, Ben. It's great to be here. Yeah, Thanks great to me. Yeah, great to have you here. So let's kick this off. Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah. So I have a non-traditional background to entrepreneurship. I actually spent um, the last 10 years plus as a lawyer. And so I, I started my career very traditionally at a big law firm. I had a, a wonderful um, beginning, you know, where uh, Wilson Sonsini gave me a lot of training as a young associate. Um, and I was on the corporate side, which meant that I had a, a client list of about 30 plus startups. Um, and I was responsible for incorporating them, you know, helping to support them through early financings. And that's when I really got bitten by the, the startup bug. And um, from there, you know, wanted to go in-house and Medallia, which is a enterprise SaaS company, they focus on creating uh, customer experience management software uh, for businesses. And maybe lots of people in the audience have actually taken a, a Medallia survey um, asking about their experience without even knowing about it. So I worked for them for about four years, um, working on all manner of different types of commercial deals and really fell in love with commercial transactions. And that's also where I learned the ins and outs of um, how a SaaS business is run. Like what does recurring revenue mean? Mm -hmm. And what are the, you know, um, what's the importance of getting paid up front um, and why you never want termination for convenience in those SaaS contracts. I really learned a lot of uh, a lot about that. Um, and then DoorDash hired me in uh, 2018 to, lead to grow their commercial uh, legal team from scratch. I was their very first commercial lawyer and, uh, you know, really faced all sorts of um, exciting challenges when it came to scaling. There was massive growth, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. in those years. And I was with them for also four years. Uh, and this software and this the idea behind Streamline really germinated um, through the course of those experiences at Medallion DoorDash, just looking at the needs and, you know, what legal teams were going through. Yeah, really interesting. So start on the legal side. And then, you know, when you were, say, an attorney at a, at a law at a law firm, so you're helping startups and were, did these happen to be tech startups or just a range of industries that you helped? They were mostly in tech, okay. um, but they did run the gamut. I think I remember one company was trying to create um a way for consumers to order to, to book flights and and get access to deals mm -hmm. um, and expose those deals. And within my my corporate group, actually, one of the senior associates I worked with um, was very very early with um, helping to support Airbnb. And I think they tried to recruit her as a GC. And another senior associate incorporated YouTube from scratch. So you know, we really were the hotbed of all of this exciting activity right in the in the valley. Yeah, that's interesting. So lawyer, you know, law firm, and then you went in-house working in SaaS and tech. And then I assumed through that, I was because I was going to ask is I'm sure somewhere along the line, you felt a pain point, you know, in just your day-to-day -day life as an in-house attorney, in-house general counsel. And so was it the experiences at Medallia and DoorDash where finally you're like, boy, I'm kind of seeing a pattern, so, you know, this repeatable pattern or pain point that I should now go take this and start a company? That's, you've got it. That, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. So when I was at Medallia, what we were doing was um, stitching together, you know, 
very low cost software, right? Asana and email and using Zapier to generate, you know, some, some automation to link the two and using that to track all the requests coming in uh, from, from the business. So, so taking a step back a little bit, I think this is helpful to set the context for the audience that legal teams, you can think of legal teams as service providers within the business. There are very, very highly educated, very expensive support teams, and they get almost a hundred percent, maybe 95% of all of their work day to day from different questions and problems that are generated from the business. I'm trying to launch a new product line. What are the legal considerations? I need to get this deal done. Can you sign this contract? Or maybe as simple as, hey, I'm just starting to explore something. Where is our NDA? So the, think of that, but magnified yeah. times like a thousand, right? And at Medallia, I already saw some ways in which that very simple homegrown system was not optimal. Um, and, and we can go into details if you're interested, but generally it's just there's there's pain because it's not designed to support a legal process. But at DoorDash, imagine that pain, you know, a few paper cuts now magnified to a, a million times that amplitude because I'm here, just me, supporting thousands of people at a company where the transaction volume is just not only through the roof, but it's growing, right? It's doubling every single couple of quarters, maybe every quarter. So that pain very quickly became unmanageable. And I can't hire people fast enough to address this problem. So to answer your question, man, like I knew exactly what I needed yep. to the point where I could even design the product. I knew where the buttons would be located. I knew where the details need, needed to be. And all I needed was an engineer, right? To really partner with yep. me and, and bring this to life. Well, that's a perfect uh, transition into Streamline AI. So tell us, what does Streamline do? Yeah, so Streamline is an intelligent intake and workflow automation software. And you can think of it shorthand like a JIRA for legal, only much, much easier, more delightful to use because it's been purpose-built for legal teams for from day one, unlike a lot of the other generic tools out there for project management or task tracking, right? Streamline helps you to gather requests from all of these different systems, from Slack, from email, from wherever the business could be submitting requests, groups it all together into one place so it's easily searchable. If you get asked questions three months down the road, you don't have to spend time combing through your inbox. Um, and it has automation built in so that it's handling approvals without you needing to babysit and mm -hmm. you know shuffle things from step to step. Oh, that's awesome. And so purpose-built for legal process and specifically is the in-house legal teams? That's correct. So corporate legal teams. As okay. corporate legal teams. Thank you for making that distinction because mm -hmm. um, law firms just work very, very differently, yeah. right? And uh, we've certainly spoken, you know, early days just to explore. Um, and and who knows, like may maybe down the road, there could be use cases, but for the immediate future, for quite some time, our focus is going to be on in-house legal and, and the particular yeah. ways in which that's structured and what they do. And you mentioned, so you have you know law degree, legal background, and you had the idea, saw the pain point, and then your co-founder. So did you partner then with a technical co-founder to to bring this to life? 
I did. I did. So Julian has over 15 years of experience as a software engineer, as well as as a product lead. Uh, he spent over five years at Google working on various different programs, uh, including helping to lead and build an, um, an internal learning program that had over 100,000 users. Uh, and, and Google Assistant, as you know, is their you know, um, AI-assisted virtual assistant application. And so he he's deeply embedded there, has a lot of experience in AI, which has become you know, very integral right, to, to our software. Okay, that's great. And so what year did you found Streamline? In 2020. Okay, um, 2020. Yeah, that, that was the incorporation date, but you know yep. how these things go, right? So the uh -huh. ideas were shared and, you know, maybe a little bit before that. Um, and then Julian started building the product. Yeah. I was going to ask that because so many different stories kind of around where the idea was formed. And sometimes you, a lot of agency turned into SaaS. So incorporated 2020. But was this kind of incubating prior to that? You kind of had the idea of mapping things out and then it's like, okay, I'm ready to make that jump. Exactly. That's right. And I'd say like for us, you know, maybe a little differently from other startups, because I have the legal background, I knew exactly what it takes to incorporate. So we didn't wait that long. Um, yeah. Once, you know, we talked it through. What's interesting is that Julian experienced the same problem on the business side. And we call it solving the black box problem for legal and for business teams, because business teams, after you send something through to legal, you know, you have like a team of three to five people supporting a company of thousands. Sometimes everyone thinks it's fallen into a black hole um, and it's not the legal team's fault. They just don't have the right tooling. And so Julian said, well, I'm seeing this problem even at Google. And that's when it dawned on me. If huge companies like DoorDash and Google and, you know, all these other people were calling up and asking are facing these challenges. It's something that almost every single company needs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, I, I, yeah, I absolutely see that. So form 2020, then was it heads down coding the product, the first MVP, trying to get customers before the product was launched? Tell us how that kind of transition to, you know, did you build the product, then start selling, sell and build the product at the same time? How'd that happen? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's a lot, a, a lot of what early founders are struggling with, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, it was really, really important for us that um, the customers that we brought on board uh, really could see the value and, and also enjoyed using the product, which meant that it couldn't be too early. We really needed to invest in, in the cycles. And so Julian spent, you know, um, way over a year, really just heads down building. Um, I would say it was even more than an MVP by the time mm -hmm. that we decided to test and, you yeah. know, uh, started looking and and we found a couple of development partners and those are the true innovators, right? When you think about um, the crossing the chasm model, you know, these are the folks who are willing to come on board and give you a ton of feedback um, in exchange for, you know, maybe maybe a, a, a better, you know, economic package for coming yeah. on board. Um, but it was paid right from the get-go. So it wasn't like we were giving it away for free or anything like that. Um, and we iterated and made mm -hmm. it better. So for about three to four months, it was just, you know, building out the new functionality that the customers needed. And then we knew, you know, that we could go out more broadly to the market. Okay. So really interesting. So about a year heads down building the first MVP, but like you said, a little bit more than MVP to get it right, found some early adopters, got them on right away paid, but then it sounded like you got a lot of feedback from those early adopters and then iterated on V1.0. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And I was advising during this period of time. I was still at DoorDash, um, which is also a little unique. You know, I think 
that's a big question for a lot of founders. When do I leave uh, my full-time job to really fully invest in this? And for me, um, it was enough on the weekends and, you know, uh, in the evenings. I, I joke because I don't have kids that this really was my baby. And yep. it's probably about, about the amount of time someone spends, right, um, taking care of their kids. So I spent all of my spare time on this and, um, you know, learned how to use Figma and and worked with an early, you know, product designer who gave me the 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 sandbox right gave me an, a way of thinking about it because I have no background in product design um but like I said I knew exactly what it was that I needed as a customer and so I was able to work in that and uh, work with Julian to create the product okay so still advising at DoorDash while Julian uh, was heads down building the product and then when did you actually then make that full jump was it with the paid customers with the launch of e.10 or yeah, great, great question. So we had about, I think, four or five customers on board. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, you know, actually just earlier this year uh, that I made the jump in June uh, to becoming full-time. And 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 the impetus around that was, you know, one, the company got to a point where they, they were hiring, they had employees, and they really needed um, a CEO to come on board to lead. It was abundantly clear. And then the other, the other compelling event was we needed uh, to raise, you know, to raise capital. And it wasn't really possible. We tried in the first couple of conversations to say, well, I'm coming on board. I'm coming on board. But no, I really, really needed to, to be fully, you know, in seat in order for that to happen. Makes a lot of sense. And then where are you located? Do you have a location or a virtual? No, no. So we actually um, are headquartered in Millbrae. We have an office space here. Um, and and I also live, you know, in Millbrae as well. So it's it's been a really, really delightful experience. For the first time in my life, I can just walk to work. It's never been the case. It's, it's great. But a few of our early employees, you know, our head of customer success, as well as uh, a few of our engineers um, have relocated to be here as well. So we can all work from the same place. And, and that's been great. Very, very helpful early days to whiteboard together and to mm-hmm. swarm together in the same place. That's great. And then tell us, what, what's your team size right now? Yep. So we just hired our seventh full-time employee. She's a very senior, very experienced sales leader. Super, super excited to have her on board starting early December. Um, and we also have um, you know, a handful of consultants and mm-hmm. advisors who who help us as well. Okay. And anything you want to want to share around the, the scale of your company ER range, anything like that? Yeah, so um, we're about to cross over the the, the tenth customer uh, threshold, and we have several hundred thousands in ARR, and we're targeting to cross one million uh, sometime next year. Uh, that's great. So cross uh, one million AR next year. Fantastic! Congratulations. And then tell us how a little bit about your go to market motion. How do you find uh, these in house corporate attorneys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, a lot of it is through um, the professional networks that um, that have sprung up over the past, you know, three to five years or so. Um, legal is incredibly tightly networked. And, and I think that's something that not everyone really realizes. Um, but, you know, there are all sorts of you know, forums and discussion boards and in-person conferences. And so it, it's really, you know, word of mouth through that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. someone's asking a question around, Oh, who, what else are you doing for intake? Is anyone, you know, doing anything and people hear about, um, about us there. And then recently we've had two news articles, um, that have generated a lot of buzz. We've been very, very fortunate. Um, the wall street journal, 
uh, ran an article and, and quoted us in that. And then there was another article um, published in ALM, which is one of the largest legal publications. They have a website called law.com. Um, and they formally announced their fundraising um, there. So, so that generated, you know, quite a bit of inbound activity as well. Okay. So sounds like now, and you just hired a sales leader, you said, but sounds like through just network effects, through these you know, legal networks, conferences, word of mouth to, to land these, you know, first handful of customers then. Yeah, exactly. And I think next year we'll invest more in a, you know, in an outbound strategy. Um, but I do think we need to be a little bit different and more creative these days because mm -hmm. we're all receiving hundreds of, you know, cold outreach emails. Um, so it's about finding the personal message, right. That really resonates with people. Yeah, definitely. And then how much capital have you raised today? So it looks like you just raised a $3 million seed round. Is that total capital to date? Now? Total capital. That's exactly right. We were completely trapped okay. up to then. Okay. And then, you know, great, you know, segue into this next question. Then what did you see? What were those triggers that said it's time to raise some capital? You know, did you see something, some product market fit, something that said, I think it's the right time to raise some money and now invest this in the, in the business? Yeah, exactly. All of that, right? I mean, yeah. we, we had paying customers and customers who were deeply engaged with the product. It wasn't just, you know, using it a little bit here or there. They were running, you know, their uh, multiple different streams of, of legal requests or all of it through through our platform. Um, we, we had about 100K in ARR. Um, and, you know, we also saw that the market was starting to change. And it was important to, to really double down our efforts. Although what was really interesting was, I think once the market shifted and changed, that's when we actually started getting even more interest from investors. Um, because I think investors were realizing that um, they, they needed to look for businesses in traditionally underserved areas. Um, and and you know what I what I joke is that the unsexy has become the new sexy because people are becoming more conservative. And so we were actually oversubscribed. Um, and there was a lot of interest. And I think it's because we demonstrated we had that early product market fit, right? Customers mm -hmm. loved using the product. They were talking to other people about it. Um, they were referenceable, uh, and we were generating real, real dollars. In the legal niche, uh I mean, it seems like you hear about, say, the, the you know general blanket, like attorneys slow to adopt. I and mean, what do you see? You're an attorney. You know, do they, are they willing to adopt new technology? Does it depend? It's like, is this a law firm? Is it in-house corporate counsel? What do you see as far as adoption? Yeah, I think that legal teams are starting to realize that they need to change and they need to do something different, right? Especially with the economy changing, I think that's just shining a light on a problem that already existed, but now it's even more exacerbated because you can't just throw bodies at the problem. Headcount is literally getting frozen. And so, and the volume of work, that's not going anywhere. So unless you wanna lose the people on your team that you have today, you need to look for automation, right? And ways in which to you know, free up uh, the super expensive time right, mm -hmm. that you have on your team and have them actually solving the big problems rather than figuring out how to serve an NDA for the hundredth time to the person who's asking for it because they're new to the company. They don't know what's going on. Um, so, so to answer your question, I think historically legal really were tech laggards because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they were mistrustful. They, they think about things in terms of risk, but things are really, really changing. Um, and, and this new, um, 
you know, this new group of professionals have actually come into being. Then they're called legal operations professionals. That didn't even exist over seven years ago, frankly. Um, right. So now you have people who all they do all day long is evaluate software, create processes, help legal teams to work more efficiently. Interesting. And legal operations professionals and that makeup can be attorneys and non-attorneys then as just kind of that in-house legal team. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of them are actually non-attorneys. They find their way. Maybe previously they were business business analysts. Maybe they were mm -hmm. contract managers, and they had to implement tools to help contract management, and then broaden their scope to looking at other you know areas of of operations within legal. Um, sometimes you also find you know lawyers like myself. So when I was at DoorDash. Um, I was leading commercial legal, but there was such a operations process building software component to what I did that I advocated for the creation of a legal operations function, which still exists today. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is happening across the board. Um, yeah. Lots of general counsels are hiring legal ops as their second hire or third hire because yeah. they realize it's so important. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so just having gone through a fundraising process or raising 3 million seed, anything you want to share, any lessons learned, you know, that you'd like to share to other founders or uh, other founders going through the fundraising process right now? Definitely. Yeah. So one of the, one of the biggest lessons learned is really watching to see where the investors are getting tripped up when you're going through your deck. Because it may not be obvious. You may spend so much time creating what you think is the perfect deck and you keep running into the same question that the investors are asking you. And maybe it's about competition. Maybe it's about go to market. Maybe, maybe it's traction and you're showing them something, but it's not telling the story in, in the way that they can digest and understand. Like it makes sense in your mind, but it's somehow. So what we found is we needed to actually build two more slides out when it when we talked about an adjacent space. It wasn't competitive. Um, it's an adjacent space, which is the contract management space. It's a very, very mature category. Mm -hmm. Tons and tons of existing, you know, companies already in that space. And all the investors were concerned about, you know, are you going to run into a headlong, like, you know, uh, conflict with them? Are they going to subsume you somehow? And we had a perfectly clear story in our minds, but it wasn't coming across with our first yeah. version, right? Once we built out the additional slides, all of a sudden completely unblocked, everyone got it. So I really, really recommend that to founders um, is to, to figure that, that out. Um, and then the other part that I've heard too, is it is really important in this climate to demonstrate some level of traction. Um, Otherwise, it's just very difficult, right? Because investors are becoming more conservative for them to to put money into your business. Why is this going to work? Mm -hmm. Okay, I love that. I love that. So yeah, if you see kind of eyes glazing over, they're just confused. Maybe you need to tweak the pitch deck, add a couple more slides to get through that. So love that. So really appreciate your time today, Kathy. And as we wrap up, what's next uh, for your company? What's coming up that's exciting? Yeah, I think, you know, Three things. One is keep coming out with new features that delight our customers. We recently released a Slack integration as well as an Ironclad integration, and people's eyes just light up when they hear that because uh, it really makes a difference. Um, the second is growing our customer footprint and keep bringing on the right folks to partner with, you know, those early adopters, people who are super energized and excited, right, about partnering with a startup. Um, and then the third is building awareness around intake and request management as a, as a pretty new category. Um, people have this pain, but it's about educating people and thinking like, 
you know, this is an actual category. There are companies out there like Streamline um, designed to solve this problem. And let's, yeah, I would just want to pause there for a second. It's such an important point. You know, you talk, you hear about, oh, it's hard to create, you know, new, say, software category. But is this something where the pain is out there? There's not really a name for it. They're going, they're experiencing that, that pain, but now you're just trying to kind of brand it as a category, you know, because it's not, you're not really creating something new. It's just like, hey, you're doing this right now, whether you know it, and we're just going to call this, you know, X or legal intake. That, that's exactly right. Because without the knowledge and the education, people are just thinking, oh, my only option is to use Jira or to use Asana mm-hmm. or to use these generic tools, right? Or or maybe there's just isn't anything that truly solves this from a lawyer's perspective or from a legal person's perspective. Um, so so absolutely, Ben, it's building that, that level of awareness um, mm-hmm. just for the existing problem. And the other component too, is having people be aware that this is a fundamental problem they need to solve first or very, very early. It's not something you shelve while you focus on all these other things because it's structural. It's foundational to how you grow a healthy team that can then support scale, how you can hire people in the right areas, right? And plan. Yeah, I love that 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 foundation framework, you know, which I ta- I teach a lot of my assess metrics courses of building that foundation first, and then we can progress from there. So it makes a lot of sense. So Kathy, really appreciate your time today, sharing your story, your background, and and a little bit about Streamline. And then if listeners would like to learn more, uh, where should we point them online? Yep, www.streamline.ai. So very easy to remember. It's just our company name. And they can also find me on LinkedIn as well, Kathy Zhu, Z-H-U. Perfect. Well, go to streamline.ai to learn a little bit more about Kathy and her company. And, And Kathy, again, appreciate you sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben. It's been delightful.